Welcome back, guys, to the Culture Distinct Podcast. This is your boy, DJ KO. I'm glad you guys tuned back into the show. We have a special show for you guys today. I'm glad you guys uh, took this, has been on this, have been on this journey with me for the last couple uh, weeks. You know, we've been talking about being financially free. We've been trying to better our community. And uh, you guys have been hitting me up, and I appreciate, appreciate you guys been engaging with the content that we've been giving. Make sure that you continue to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend, what we got going on over here. So today we have a special guest for you guys. If you guys live in the Houston area or the Houston metropolitan area, you've probably seen this individual. Uh, <laughs> she, uh, I wouldn't say that she specializes in journalism, but she does a lot of content in the Houston area where she engaged with a lot of artists, a lot of people that's doing some major things, a lot of uh, the show that was here, uh, not Housewives, what's the show? Uh, uh, ready, ready, ready to, to love, love. Yeah. ready to love. I like everybody to welcome to the show, Miss L. Moore. Hi. How you doing, ma'am? You're doing great. Thank you for having me. You good? <laughs> Excited to be here. That's awesome. I'm glad you're here. Yeah. So, 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 L. So, before we get started, you know, on the show, I like to do a little small introduction okay. on people that uh that a lot of people don't know because I know some of my viewers they might not. No, you've probably seen you before. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they saw you, but they don't know where you're from. So could you tell the people exactly uh, where you're from? Yeah, I'm from Houston, Texas. I'm a native. I um, went to high school here. I went to, I started at Memorial High School and then transferred to Phyllis Wheatley because Memorial was too white. Left Phyllis Wheatley because it was too black and graduated from A-Leaf Hastings because it was just right. No, A-Leaf. That's a hood, ain't it? <laughs> A-Leaf Hastings is diverse. It has like the Asian community, the Latin community, like, you know, Caucasian, it? Africa. It's very diverse. But I was there in the 90s, so I don't know what it's like now. You say it's too white. That's a, that's a Memorial is very white. What's wrong with being It too was white? like 90210. I grew up in Central Texas with all white. So when you move to Houston and there are black people, you want to be around black people, you don't move to Houston to be around more white people. Right. So we were like, what high school can we go to with a lot of black people? And they were like, go to Fifth Ward, Texas. Definitely the hood. <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> that was like Fifth East Side High. Uh, East Side, oh my goodness. <laughs> yes, it was, that's how black it was. <laughs> so so by saying that you, you, know, you uh, went to school in the 90s and everything, yeah. Uh, so you saw the drastic change on how the landscape of Houston changed. Yeah. Right. So what are some things uh, for its culture that you see that's different? Downtown is probably the biggest drastic change. It's um, it's amazing. I love I live downtown now. But when I was in high school, when we would leave Spring Branch, we would transfer downtown to catch the bus to get to Fifth Ward. And. On a Friday after school, there would be it would be like a ghost town because everyone that worked in corporate would be gone, you know, early. There would be no one there except the homeless. There were no clubs. There were no businesses, really. So to see downtown Houston booming the way it is, that's what, one of the reasons why I love it so much because now our downtown feels like uh, comparable cities like, you yeah. know, L.A. or Atlanta, you know, big cities that have, like, life going on, right. action. Well, you know, during a pandemic, and you know we was here, one of the cities that the major cities that was popping was Houston. Yes, was everyone was coming here. Right, and I think that would really change the landscape of a lot of stuff. Even though I know a lot of investors was coming here for us on the real estate side, yeah. but for us from the nightlife side, mm -hmm. a lot of people didn't realize Houston was what Houston is now. 
Yeah. And what Houston is going into. Right. Right. The people that are coming to Houston now probably don't know that Houston has grown into what it is right now because we didn't used to be popping as much as we are now. All. Yeah. And I've been here 10 years. And when I first got here, it was still <laughs> hick time. Well, I ain't say hick time. It still had a lot of business stuff going on before. It's like yeah. the nightlife. It was right. two places. Right. The nightlife has grown. The restaurant scene has grown. Yes. We've got a lot of black entrepreneur restaurants, businesses. It's amazing. I'm so proud of my city right now. Yeah. Shout out to Houston. Yeah. yeah. Hey, shout out to Houston and everybody in Houston. So let's get to uh, In Their Closet. You know, yes. I know that that you, uh, I've seen that you interviewed a couple of people that I'm going to get into later on. Okay. But In Their Closet. How did In Their Closet formulate? So, um, I love clothes, and for 17, about 17 years, uh, give or take, I was a housewife, and I would have uh, my neighbors, we would have like little events in the community, and they would say, Lisa, we want to see your closet. So when they come to my closet, they'd be like, oh my God, your closet is so organized, can you come and do mine? Mm. So I started to go to their house, like, bring a bottle, girl, I'll do your closet. And one day, um, my husband at the time said, the game is to be sold, not told. You in here doing people's closets for free. You got to get paid to do their closets. Mm. So I started a business, and during that time, I'm working with just random customers, trying to get them to declutter certain clothes that no longer fit. Right. And they would tell me all these interesting stories of why they were holding on to things. And it wasn't really the garment. It was the story attached to the garment. It was... Um, the sentimental value that they were holding, mm, which dope. held no value in their closet. I was trying to convince them to like sell their stuff, donate their stuff, but just let it go. Letting go of that item could also let go of the pain that they were feeling. But telling that story was relatable. And I said, I need to start a podcast because people could probably understand and relate to this. So that's that's one of the reasons how the podcast started we talk about the the initial dream that i had and i talked it over with my dad mm -hmm. and we shared that story on the podcast so you guys should hear the full version of in their closets inception featuring howard grant that's my dad that's one of my favorite episodes so so now in saying that because i'm listening now most people now i could be ignorant about this <laughs> you say you was uh, arranging closets for people mm -hmm. only rich people do that yeah it was i mean <laughs> I, I did say i was a housewife i lived on two acres the girls okay. that were paying me were, were paying but you'd be surprised people do it's my fee um is 200 dollars. okay it's not crazy expensive it's just something that people resource out because they need help okay so it's like so it's kind of like a, a form of therapy to a degree absolutely once your closet is clean normally they want the rest of their home organized okay. when you walk in there's like such a huge sigh of relief because you can see things now okay. so having the kids room organized toys organized closets pantries um it makes it makes a big deal but i was a realtor and one of the things that's very important is if you're listing a home you can't have a lot of clutter mm -hmm. and so most of my clients aren't hiring me necessarily to do their closets they're hiring me to declutter their home to, to get it ready yes to organize yeah to organize so, it so so thinking of the name so i'm a man you know yeah. and you know <laughs> and i listen to r kelly hey i'm sorry i still listen to r kelly you guys don't cancel me I for that i listen to r kelly when, when i hear the name in their closet mm -hmm. the first thing i think about the closet right? yeah. the term closet you know in a, in uh in our culture 
when we think the closet, we think <laughs> secrets. Right. It's a double entendre. It's definitely about letting go of the secrets, mm. letting go of any shame or any story that you're holding on to, something that you might be disappointed in yourself about or you're not proud of. Sharing that is just like when you're decluttering your closet, letting that go is a relief as well. Okay. Yeah. So, like you said, would, would you call it a double entendre? Double entendre. Okay, so you went to school, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I did. So. <laughs> I also studied Jay-Z. He's the king of double entendre. Okay. So. so, we call that in, in the rap world, metaphors, guys. Yes. Metaphors. So, <laughs> so, so, all right. So, now you started this brand and this cleaning out the closets or decluttering the closets to the actual podcast. Yes. So was the podcast intent to declutter the mess in everybody's life, like a therapy, or was it more of a sister-to-sister or brother-to-sister conversation? Um, all the above. Okay. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Having those conversations, there. so I've had many guests on the show, and after those guests, after we you know debut their episode, I'm out and about in Houston, and people will come up to me and say, I heard this episode last week right it was so good i totally relate to, to everything she was saying and blah 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 blah. and that makes me feel good because I, I i can't relate to everything but when people are hearing it and taking something from it that's the whole purpose of our show right yeah right so now in saying that because you know in our in our culture you know some of us consider declutter or therapy as being should i use this term messy yeah Messy. Is yeah. that fair? Yeah, that is fair. I've also had people come up to me and say, why did you have this person on your show? Mm. Everything that she had to say was horrible, ridiculous. Like, how could you allow something like that on your platform? But I can't I can't say who has permission to share right. what and how. I do edit the podcast. There are names that are removed. I do try to protect people because sometimes they get in there and they get comfortable. Right. And they kind of start just sharing too much. I also give people... Um, a grace period. So, like, if you call me up and say, like, hey, can you take this part out? Or I don't feel comfortable about that. Can you listen to it again? Right. How did it sound? Like, do I, you know, and we've even prayed before some of the podcasts oh, just to make sure good. that we are not coming in with the wrong heart. You know, that the message that we want to share is being received well. That's good. Because I know with, with, with us over here, we, uh, I have to mention at least one quotable from the Bible. You know, <laughs> I call everybody. I said, this is culturally distinct church. <laughs> It's a new form of church. So I said, because I understand what you're saying, because sometimes an individual may come up there and, like you said, become relaxed. Mm -hmm. Or they might have had, you know, one or two before the show. Yeah. And, you know, you're not realizing because you're within that mood when you're talking. And they might say something mm -hmm. that might be detrimental to somebody else mm -hmm. and not knowing because you was in the moment. Yeah. So and then, you know, by you being a, a female, you know, females to me right now, well, I can say that I can say all females. I think this culture will be in, especially the social media culture, it's more of a, a catty. It can be. A catty, like, I'm going to pick on you, you pick on me culture. Like a bully culture, kind of, sort of. It definitely can be that way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So let me ask you this, uh, L. The guests that you had on your show, I, I peeped the show and I saw you had a couple of, uh, quote, unquote, celebrity. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you're, I, want, I want your take on this. When you have a quote-unquote celebrity or what we call hood hood celebrity or hood famous, uh, what are some expectations that you have going into the interview? I'm glad you asked that question. 
So I really like for my guests to prepare a bio before they come on the show. Okay. Um, just a paragraph or two about, you know, things that you're proud of and things that you want to talk about on the show. I don't like to Google guests before they arrive. I do go on the show. Uh, I'm sorry. I do go on their social media and like check out their feed and pull some stories from that, things that they're sharing. But for the most part, I want people to have a bio, a well-written bio, just for a great introduction. Right. And a lot of times, these entertainers don't have publicists. And so at the same time, I'm trying to refer them and redirect people to publicists because it just helps polish up your image a lot. Right. There are some conversations that we should not have on the podcast. There are rappers who have come in and I've had to tell them, I'm not going to be able to air this show mm -hmm. because we don't, you, you can't talk about this on the show, you know? Right. So th those are some things and having a publicist will help polish up your interview skills. So I would say that's what I require. That's what I suggest. But before anyone comes on the show though, I always ask for a bio because okay. I'm not Googling you. So, <laughs> I'm not Googling you. At all. <laughs> what if I say, Google me? Nah. <laughs> nah. But, no, in saying that, because I know a lot of guests that we had mm -hmm. that was uh, either professional ball players or, or doing something in the community that was, they don't have publicists. Yeah. And they're not media trained. Right. Right. So, when, when something happens like that within the interview, how do you maneuver? It's edited. And okay, I, so you do edit. I definitely edit, and I like to let them know before the show even starts, don't don't be worried about coughing, sneezing, burping, any of that. It's going to be edited. Right. Some of the content will be edited for time. Um, and then if you think about something later that you would like to have removed, it's going to be, be edited. But also sometimes people get on there, and we're talking about things that don't really apply to the show. Right. You know, they might get off on a tangent. So a lot of times that's edited as well. Do you think that... Uh, interview can affect you yes it can it can from I'm, what they say yes, or yes or there's like for instance like in a say for instance good hypothetical can i give a hypothetical yeah say for instance say you interview r kelly before he went to jail yeah you think that would hurt your image no i don't think any interview will hurt my image okay unless um my dialogue during the interview you know is hurtful and that would be a reflection of me. Okay. But I don't think having anyone, I, and I would not, I've studied Angie Martinez, mm -hmm. and I've studied Andy Cohen in school. I've studied, you know, I've, I've been mentored by Angela Yee. There is no interview that you don't want to get. Right. Um, there, there's a way that you can do it respectfully. I shouldn't say there's no interview that you don't want to get, but for the most part, you want that interview because you want to be known for these great interviews and, and how you how your take is on it. Just because something is salacious in the news doesn't mean you have to approach it that way. But if you have someone on the show and you know they're not really comfortable with it, you can ease them into the interview, and you can always go in and fluff out the stuff that you don't need right. and just shorten the interview so that it's really quantified with really good topics. Okay. And that person will sound like an amazing genius during the show. But well, that also reflects your when when your audience hears that, they're going to be like, "I want to come on Lisa's show because But you don't think that's like you don't think that's like fabricated because the thing, it's like it's like a singer, right? Like say <laughs> you yeah. people, they have these voices and they have these auto tunes and all that when they sing it, but Good example, like a Marianne and uh Oh my gosh. That was horrible, right? <laughs> but the thing is over the years these guys sound good on TV or yeah. at a concert. Oh but gosh. live is like Oh my gosh. So now when somebody does interview them and that interview is nowhere near that, 
He's like, oh, I made this person look awesome. But in real life, they're like nowhere near. You know what? Last year, I was interning with Billy Sorrells. And I also met you and I started working with you, learning some new things about podcasting. One thing that Billy told me was don't edit podcasts. Let them Mm -hmm. be raw. Just let them go. But because I like to protect my guests uh, and I want future guests to come on, I do edit them. I know that it's okay. not always necessarily the thing that most people would do. But like I said, I've studied under Andy. I've studied under Angie Martinez. Right. These people say, edit it out, clean it up. You don't have to necessarily put it out there for ratings. If you want to protect your image and even the person who's interviewing you, clean it up. Right. Nothing Spe- wrong with that. Speaking of ratings, I want to ask you this question. What do you think about uh, talent versus gift? Do you think that plays a part in the interview? Somebody could be super talented in an interview. Like, they have all the skill. They yeah. have, you know, all the sayings, the vocabulary, the bright movements and everything, right? They could segue in a perfect in a perfect way, but a person might have a gift. Yeah. Right? I'm going well, to use this example, even though, you know. I'm going to use this example. <laughs> Charlemagne the God. Yes. Even though he has a, ba- a radio background, but most of that stuff is a gift. Yeah, no, it, pro- no professional skills, at educational all. skills. So, your opinion, what do you think that's in this culture would be more efficient? Somebody that has, because somebody that's listening, and somebody, I'm pretty sure because the other podcasts listen to us over here. And, you know, because I, I know you do it, and you've been doing it for a while, and you have a, 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 a good following. What you think? I want, I want your opinion on that. Gift or talent? Okay, so here's my honest opinion. Okay. I don't listen to a lot of interviews that are not polished. I Because mm. my eye, because my ear is so sharp on interviews and I've studied interviews for so long, the ums and the ahs and all that, they just aggravate me oh, to the point okay. where I can't enjoy the interview. So there, so rookie podcasts, like okay. I love them. Go for it, get out there. But there are people that you can hire to kind of clean those interviews up. Right. Sometimes there's just a lot of extra fluff, and I have to, you know, bounce forward 15 seconds, 30 seconds, because I don't want to hear all that. Right. So, and then what we were saying about Charlemagne, Charlemagne's been doing this for 20 he years is. right yeah, now. A long time, yeah. So you can have a talent, but you still have to have, or you can have a gift, I should say, but you still have to sharpen. That those skills right. get around the right people, learn the right things. We've even seen Charlemagne grow and change. Absolutely, along the, he doesn't say all that stuff. Everything he's thinking, he doesn't say it well, anymore. Money is, is different. Money, money is definitely yeah, different. Yeah, you know, different. a PhD helps a <laughs> lot. But but you learn like as you grow in your career and with your craft, like there there's just some polishing that will be done along the way with any with any That's career. Yeah. That's anything. So in their closet. What is the purpose of In Their Closet for the Culture? So we like to share interviews from movers and shakers in Houston, our entertainers, um, our entrepreneurs, because these are the people who have the city the way it is right now. We want to highlight their businesses. We want to support their businesses. And knowing the story behind that, I mean, marketing teaches us that when you know who the person is, you might not necessarily need that product, but you might like them so much that you want to buy the product to support them right. or support what they're doing and who all is affected by what they're doing. So we, we want to sh- share the story and reach the community by reaching those people who are affecting the community. Right, right. That sounds good. That's good. So let me ask you this. And I know you get this all the time. What? Right. The biggest misconception. 
of in their closet. Well, no, I'm not going to say in the closet. closet. I'm talking about you. What's the biggest misconception when somebody sees you? Sees me. They were like, oh, that's her again. Oh, they heard something that you you had on your show. What is the biggest misconception when they meet you? So there's one misconception when they see me, and there's one misconception on my show. Okay. Okay. The one misconception when they see me is that my butt has been augmented. This is my all. I'm from the South. I'm from Houston, Texas. So you ain't got that BBL? What is it? I BBL? have not had nothing. I have not touched <laughs> my butt. Okay. Now, I have touched other places. Okay. <laughs> all right. But not my butt. And and the thing is, is that most people that I know who have had surgery, they'll happily tell you who their doctor is, mm-hmm. what they've had done. It's 2022. Ain't nobody worried about, you know, surgery. Like, own it. But that's a misconception. Like, the booty's crazy big, but it's all mine. The second misconception is, if a rapper shows up on my show or if I'm doing promoting or marketing or at an event, I've dated a rapper. I've never dated a rapper in my life. Never? If I take a picture with a rapper, like, oh, my God, you're dating them. I've been in videos. Oh, my God. I've never. Those are never? all like, no, never. 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 Stop it. <laughs> I'm just saying, never. Never. I've dated a music producer, but never a rapper. Because, all right, so saying rapper, yeah. and you brought this up. I'm just, I'm just going where you're going, right? <laughs> I seen you know little O. Yeah, I was in his music video. Right, I seen yeah. you was in his music video multiple times. He was on your show multiple times. I was in his music video once. He was on my show once. <laughs> so, <laughs> so from the outside looking in, and yeah. this is for clarification. Yeah, from the outside, Absolutely. right? For the outside looking in, I always thought you know I thought y'all had something going yeah. on or had. Yeah, well, going I on. I met. Ori in high school, he um he was Ori, in town with Lil O. It's actually his real name. Oh, shout out to real names! Right yeah. Shout out to real names, everybody. Hey, Ori dated one of my girlfriends in high school, and according to Girl Code, it doesn't matter how long it's been, like he's off limits. Okay, but Ori is also he has a beautiful girlfriend, and he posts her on his Instagram stories all the time. So no disrespect to any woman, you right. know, married girlfriend period um that's never gonna happen but more importantly like no that's my that's my friend like i can be i can have a platonic male friend and support them and nothing has ever happened i'm very proud of that you know it's just you know and i don't know if i'm being messy with this you know (laughs) you're not being messy. oh okay good it's just it's just you know when when somebody does anything that's consistent yeah right from from uh dating or singing or going on just platonic dates, mm-hmm. you know, from the outside, it yeah. looks like, okay, they got something going on. Or they yeah. like each other. Yeah, I, um, I've i taken a couple of pictures with uh, Slim Thug. Okay. Um, I was going there next. <laughs> uh, his, I, work a, I work a lot with his publicist. Okay. Um, Lemon Light Media, um, Latoria. Um, so I've worked with his, whenever she has an event, I'm there to work and a lot of times he's there to support so i see him it's a good photo op mm-hmm. definitely um and he went to high school with my sister <laughs> what does it hold up so 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 that's right. so that's another way of us being friendly like my sister's gonna walk up to him and be like what's up slim and they're gonna have a conversation he's gonna be like you know let's let's all take a picture or we might be like can we get a picture but there's nothing you know other than i i remember last year he had he dropped a new um mixtape mm-hmm. and a part of the media campaign i was one of the people promoting it and immediately as soon as i was promoting it people were like what's up with you and slim absolutely nothing i've never had more than 
a one minute conversation with some thug. I don't even know him that well. Well, that's what I'm saying. So, okay, like, it's like, so if you're in the industry. And he has a beautiful girlfriend, by the way. Everybody has girlfriends. <laughs> that's what they are, girlfriends for a reason, right? I, I, I didn't say that. But, <laughs> but, but when, when the thing is, all right, do you think, I want you to be honest, mm -hmm. all right? Do you think that when men, rappers, yeah. celebrity, athletes, when they come up to you, do they, you think their intention is to be your friend? Okay, so taking a picture is something different. I, I have worked with and met rappers. Okay. I actually, oh my God, it's so funny that you asked me that. I had a rapper do an interview and he told me, you know, after the interview was done, he asked if we could go out to dinner and hang out a little bit. And I told him like, you know, it was a no. I wasn't attracted to him mm -hmm. in that way. Um, but thanked him for the interview. He told me he bought condoms to the studio. Oh, wow. Okay. He told me that he was not going to promote the podcast because I was not going to go on a date with him. Wow. He was extremely upset. He wasn't irate or anything, but he was very disappointed. He said, I'm not going to lie to you. You know, I did think that this was going to be more than just an interview. Mm. And I was disappointed, but I still promoted the hell out of that um <laughs> So he brought condoms to your he, studio for the interview. He brought condoms to the studio Why? for, uh, I don't know. He volunteered that information when the interview was over. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'm not going to be punished for being a cute girl, okay? That's, so that's, I'm going to still work and get this interview. And you could be mad, but the interview going to be the interview. So And that's, and that's what I'm saying, because I know a lot of women go through that. They, go, they, don't, they don't get credited for their talent. Or their knowledge or their skill, yeah. they get talented on how they get they get uh, critiqued on how they look. Yeah, that's right? one of the things that is mentioned in the podcast during the intro. I'm more than a pretty face. Like I don't want people to look at me and think that I am. You know, I, I did a music video. I did music videos a couple of years before I graduated college, and when I did one of the music videos i remember they focused on me walking across the screen and it was all on my butt mm -hmm. i was a journalist major there's lots of papers that i had to write i'm way more than you focusing on my butt so i, I never did anything um in the future that was about my looks or right. my beauty and i feel like when you listen to the podcast you understand that i am very articulate and the conversations that we have are very important they're right. not just fluff we we do talk about shoes and clothes but we talk about important issues yeah and that's and that's good cuz uh you know the misconception especially like you said pretty girls you know they have that especially now they have that idea of like okay they're just pretty or they yeah. want the man's money yeah so let me ask you this fast forward to this friendships yes has the podcast gathered friendships or have they broken up any friendships so the important thing about my friendships is that they're 15 20 years long you know okay people that i consider friends are people that have been tried and true have been around forever okay i am a social girl so the the podcast has made me more social because i have to network and i'm going to different events and i do meet people people come in my dms and say like it was nice meeting you. If you ever want to go to an event in the future and you need to bring someone, I'll be your plus one. If you need help with this, that, the other, like call on me. Okay. And when you're out and about, you kind of start, Houston's big, but Houston's small. small you kind of start right. running into the same uh, women. And some of them will say like, hey, if you go to this, text me and I'll meet you up there or text me when you're going to leave. Or they'll DM you and say, hey, are you going to go to this event? So you start to make associations. Right based on the social circuit that you're now involved in. Right. I wouldn't call those 
friendships, I would call those new associations. Yes. And those can become friendships. But it would be unfair to say that I'm not friends with someone that I met a year ago. Because how can I know that person in six months? How can I know that person yet? Getting to yeah. know them, they're still probably presenting their public side of me. They're, and then I, I'm out here with a podcast. They're, they're probably going to be very careful about what they share with me. Right. So I don't know how genuine that is, but I am such a supporter of women. Um, I allow a lot of grace and a lot of love. I know everybody wasn't born a preacher's kid, so every are you all a of PK? us are. I'm a PK. I did not know that. <laughs> I didn't. Shout out to all the PKs. Look, okay. So you know, if you're a PK, so I'm not saying that you're still in the church and all that. You know, what I'm saying I'm not saying that. I'm in the club now. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so if you a PK, I you got to give it. You got to give one of your your favorite scriptures. Right now, if you don't, if you don't remember, it's fine. But if you one of your favorite scriptures right now that you remember when you was growing up. So, <clears throat> growing up, like Proverbs twenty two and six, train up a child the way he should grow. When okay. he's older, will not depart from it. That's one of the things we always have to remember. You know. Well, what but, happened to you then? <laughs> <laughs> no, Matthew six thirty three is also one of my favorite scriptures, okay. and I apply that today. Um, I'm a huge believer, and I remind myself very often, if God can take care of these birds, if the birds, you know, don't worry in the morning about what they're going to eat because God supplies all their needs, I don't need to worry about it either. Right. So Matthew 6.33 is one of my favorites. Genesis has a lot in there. Like, I have an email account, his underscore rib at hotmail.com. That's been my email address for 22 years because of Genesis when he talks okay. about how important the woman is and why she was created don't get me started so so i like that i like that because we could go to church we so, gonna always go to church we could go to church I'm look. The culture of the hey that's what it is so look i want to ask you this and you brought me to this so i got to segue to this okay you said the, the man the one the man's rib right mm -hmm. you said earlier that you was married yes i caught that yes so you're not married no longer i am no longer married so did the podcast bring that about no. or it was something that happened prior i started the podcast once i was single because when i was married i was a housewife and i became a realtor so i didn't even pursue journalism anymore mm. i knew i didn't want to be in front of the camera and the jobs in radio here in houston were gone so okay. communication wasn't an option um as a communication major real real estate was the option the, with my marriage, um, there were just consistent issues that were not in my control. And I would go as far as to say not in his control to a certain degree. But um, I met him knowing that he had, some, he had some problems. When I met him on our second date, he told me, I have hired Johnny Cochran. This is a long time ago. Johnny Cochran was still alive. I've hired Johnny Cochran to represent me in this situation, um, but I just want to tell you this so that you know how to move forward in the future. Okay. So I knew what I was getting into, but the criminal justice system in the state of Texas and you know all over the U.S. is what it is. I married someone who had a record and a past. And first of all, hold up, Tom's up. <laughs> First of all, you you just not gonna skip over that he hired Johnny I'm going, Crocker. I'm going to be as general because, as I can. First of all, if you hired back in the day, Johnny Crocker. First of all, Johnny Cocker was, was O.J. Simpson's yes. lawyer. Yes. Right. You just don't hire Johnny. Right. Absolutely. Benjamin Crump is the new Johnny Cocker. Right. 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 You just don't hire that. Right. Right. He. I mean, he was. He had a little change. Oh no, he had yeah. some money. <laughs> he ain't had no little change. He had some money. 
Yes, I was a wife for 17 years. I lived good. <laughs> but um, no, it was it's just a lifestyle that I just, you know, wanted to change. And I know that people can change and with the right help, they can change. So nothing. Uh, listen, he's still one of my best friends today. Okay. We have a grandson and a son that we still are helping raise together. So oh, shout out granny. Oh, <laughs> shout, out, shout out to the fine grannies. Okay. I'm a glamma. Thank you very much. Glamma. Yeah, okay. he's going to always be a part of my life, but there are some issues that I just don't want to be a part of anymore. And I know God is a great God. So either God can change him or, or bring me an amazingly man amazing man that you know fits so all those needs. are you are you looking for a man no i'm sorry not, not looking i'm sorry i'm expecting yes. a man so you're expecting i a man. am when so, god when everything comes together he i'm gonna be ready for him so what about any men in houston or any rappers in houston if they, <laughs> <laughs> any men in houston that's available you know, i am not yeah. spending any quality time with any man in Houston right now. Really? If that answers your question. Why? He might be flying in to see me. I might be flying out to see him, but he not in Houston. Not in Houston? Why not Houston? Because you, you're from here or what? I went to high school here. One of the first things that happened to me in uh, June of last year, I was out. I met a very attractive man. He approached me. We exchanged numbers, and uh, we were at the club. And the next morning, a young lady saw us exchanging numbers and sent me a text and said, hey, that's my ex-boyfriend. Hold up, hold up. Time's out. Now, yes. I like, see, one thing I like to do on the show, I dissect <laughs> things. Things just don't go over my head that fast. You said you went out on a date with the brother. I, I didn't go on a date. I just met him at the club. But you said that next morning. No, was the exchanged. next morning. So we exchanged, we exchanged numbers that night when he met me at the club. Oh, okay. And while we were there at the club, a young lady saw us. The next morning. In, interacting. And the next morning, she texted me. Oh, okay. And she said, that is my ex-boyfriend. Ooh, yes. Okay. I got. Oh, I got you. Yes. So I just felt like, whoa, like this. The city is so small. Like I can't yeah. even. I can't even talk to anyone here because me and this young lady were not friends, but we mm -hmm. were associates. We knew of each other, and to me, it just wasn't worth meeting this new guy that I didn't know to uh, make our relationship more strange than it needed to be. So right. I just was like, okay, cool. That's weird. But no, no, I'm saying that many women have come up to me anytime I've seen this particular guy. He's very well known in the city, apparently. So at least five women have come up to me since then to tell me about him. Wow. Yes. Wow. And the thing is about Houston, a lot of people don't realize the ones that don't live here. Houston has four point, maybe four point eight million people to in the inner city and the metropolitan area. Yeah. But it's so small. It's so small. Like just about every person <laughs> that's black, either they seen one black person or they know of another person that's affiliated with another black person yeah that's the beauty about houston so it's, it's not we don't have six degrees of separation here and now that we have social media social media also shows you who you're all connected with it shows you who like the picture that you know that you follow yeah. so you know people i've i have someone became friends with me just to see if i was dating a particular guy mm. so i mean houston's big but it's very small and i feel like you know it's not so small that I don't get to believe that my God can send me who I want. So Absolutely. I don't need to share, borrow, beg, or steal anybody's guy. I'm okay. good on it. Okay. Yeah. Hey, that's clear. You just clarified my next question because I was going to go there. What was your next question? I was going to ask you, are you willing to share a man? I'm not willing to share anyone. Because, you know, Betty Rice said this, the famous quote. Yeah. It's better to have a peaceful man yeah. than have no man at all. 
Yeah, I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Betty Rice said. I'm saying, and, and you know. I've lived a pretty amazing life. I had a really great relationship. I mean, let's call it a good. I had a good relationship. So I felt like I didn't do anything to get that. I believed and it, it happened for me. And so I'm going to just try that same concept again this time. Wonderful. That's awesome. Yeah. So, look, AL, look, what's to come for uh, In Their Closet? So this season as we return, we're bringing back some of our previous guests to just get updates on what's going on with them, um, as well as we're going to be taking – I've been listening to my fans. I've been listening to my friends and followers. Um, we're going to be doing something on YouTube. So okay. we'll be having um, something visual on the show as well. Okay. It might not be a full episode, but we'll have more visual available. I would love to see that. I would love to see the interaction because you have some good guests. Yeah. Right. And it makes me so nervous. <laughs> but I, you know what? The main thing for me, especially with us, because I know we are visual, is the reactions of the people. Mm. Right. When you ask them a certain question, mm -hmm. some people can't hold back their facial expression. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And by you being the curator of the event, yeah. you know what you're going to ask so you can hold back. Yeah. Unless they ask you a question that's off the wall, you'll be like, ah, next. You know what I'm saying? But I think the visuals will be good for In Their Closet. Well, we're going to see. Why, why, is it, why is it such a big fear? I don't like to be in front of the camera. I, I've always okay. lived my life behind the scenes. Okay. And I, and I like to call myself private, um, but I don't, I don't like the connotation that comes with being private. I'm not a secretive person. I'm very okay. protective of my family, of my friends, and things that I love. Okay. So because I've just lived that life, you know, I even had a, a private Instagram until in their closet. And when I made that public, I had so much anxiety. Mm. I'm, just, it was just, I'm just not used to sharing all that. So having 7,000 followers is not a lot of followers, but to me – like it's so many people watching that's a lot though it is yeah because people don't realize think about this in our everyday lives we don't how i don't have six thousand friends yeah right and then when i post something you might have ten thousand twenty thousand people mm -hmm. i'm like i don't know these people so when somebody walks up to you and asks you a question you're like what are you talking about yeah who I have are more you than, right <laughs> and that's it's not a bad thing but yeah. it's like I put so much information out there and I talk to yes. so many people. Like, I don't yeah. know what you're talking about. But I understand. It's because it, it's, it's kind of scary because you're opening up mm -hmm. in that. Like, you're, you're, you're being, you're naked in that arena, in, yeah. that, in that telecommunications arena. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So, so before we get out of here, uh, anybody that wanted to work with in their, in their closet, any young people want to do an intern, any mentorship, any young ladies that say, you know what, L, you know, you're you're one of my motivations. <laughs> I watch you. I see. I like the way you dress. By the way, she be dressing. Y'all. I'm just saying she be well, dressing. Well, thank you, Adam. Every t look, look. Every time I see her, I be seeing a Chanel. I didn't know how to pronounce these things before I met her. So Chanel and E Saint Laurent. This one right here. So it's a closet. I got a closet. <laughs> so how can they uh, get in contact with you? Um, they can reach out to me at in their closet podcast at gmail.com and we can have a conversation about which direction you want to go. I love helping young women. I, you know, someone helped me. And so I want to continue to pass that on. And someone was authentic enough to just like give me, um, things that helped them. So I, I believe in paying it forward. That's beautiful. Yeah, that's beautiful. And, and on that, you know, we're going to get out of here, you know, uh, guys, Look, when you hit 
L up in the DMs. Don't hit her up and ask her for her number because so if y'all see L in the streets, make sure y'all ask her. You know what she got going on. She might bring you on the show. If you hit her up in the DMs, make sure you know it's business. What is it? Serious only. Serious inquiries only, right? Serious inquiries only. Guys, look, I appreciate you guys for tuning in to the show. This is a beautiful show. I'm glad you I'm hope you I hope you guys learned something from the show. Before we get out of here, L, one more time, your information so people can reach out to you. You can find me on In Their Closet Podcast. And of course you can listen to us on everywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast. There you go, there you go. That's L Moore in their closet. This is DJ KO at Coastly Distinct. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys who tune in and support. Much love. Peace out. Peace.